Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It is Wednesday, December 30th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. A year ago, star columnist Sam Mellinger and Vahe Gregorian batted around some ideas about what we expected to happen in the next decade. And I believe it was Vahe who forecasted the worldwide pandemic. No, just some sports predictions. We kept it simple this time, just looking ahead to 2021, but we do touch on the pandemic, along with the Chiefs, Royals, KU, Mizzou, K-State, and Sporting KC. We'll return a year from now to see how accurate our calls were, so I hope you enjoy the show that looks ahead. Let's get started. Okay, fellas, a couple of observations before we get into our conversation. First, um, before we started, I heard dogs barking and children playing in the background, and I can't think of a better soundtrack for <laughs> for a year-end podcast in, that talks sports than uh, than that. And the other thing I uh, I want to mention is we actually I'm sitting at the table in at the Star's office where the three of us sat around about a year ago and discussed the future. I think we, it wasn't the, let's look ahead to the next year. It was look ahead to the next decade. So today I'm sitting by myself. It's, it's Tuesday and we're going to run this on, on Wednesday. Um, so I, I can't think of, uh, you know, maybe a better scene than me sitting here alone in the studio talking to you guys on zoom. I'm, I'm grateful that you're available to talk on zoom and, um, and maybe that, uh, maybe that should lead us right into the first question um, about sports in 2021. And that is, I want to know from you guys, um, put on your um, on your medical you know, stethoscopes uh, and, uh, and, and tell me what you think the first sporting event, championship event that we'll have, and might not even be in 2021, but what's the first championship event we'll have that has a full house in attendance. Um, we we don't know it's not going to be the Super Bowl. I don't think they've announced that, but it's not going to be the Super Bowl, obviously. So what, what do we think? Vahe, we'll start with you. Well, I tend to lean World Series, which I think is a bit optimistic, um, actually. And maybe the, the, the better answer really go, goes on into 2022. But I, 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 tend, to, I tend to think that about that time enough will have happened, whether it's, you know, the, we've got the, the vaccinations in full uh, absolute deployment mode for a few months by then. And, um, and that it'll be understood that the measures uh, in place have, uh, have, have kept baseball on, on that trajectory. So it's just a guess, but I, I think, there's reason to hope it could be by then. I think it's a lot to ask um, indoors by, by, by the, by the spring um, or, or early summer, whatever it is that the NBA and NHL go to. I, that just seems, it seems like too much to ask. And the, the prospect of outdoors in the fall, assuming it's outdoor games, that, that seems much better to me. Daddy. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so- do you hear that? Yeah, of course. Perfect. I mean, it sounds great. I told them, do not bother me. I got, I got to get on the call. Just give me, 
20 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever. Uh, Which but, is an absolute uh, invitation but, to come in. Yeah, yeah just FYI, my dog is growling right as that was happening, but <laughs> yeah. found out by your kids. Yeah, their, their memories are short, I guess, but um, like a good cornerback. Uh, short memory, but <laughs> um, I, I'm gonna. My answer, I, I think it's gonna be over the summer at some point. I, I don't know if that's uh, the NBA. Are, are the finals gonna be like regular time? You know, regular time of year. Or are they gonna? Um, or maybe, maybe you know, push like back June, a little July? bit. I, I haven't yeah. seen. I should know that, but I haven't seen it because I think it's about the same time because it's a limited schedule. But I, I haven't specifically studied that either. I, I feel like um, Vahe was saying he's optimistic and, and, you know, by going in the fall. And I feel like I'm a weird combination of like optimistic and cynical with this answer because I think it'll be sooner. I think it's optimistic that, um, you know, they say, right. Um, and you never know. Everybody's guessing with this stuff, with this stuff. But the, the, if you want a vaccine, you can have it by summer. That's, that's what people, that's sort of the line that you hear. And I just think uh, whether it's a golf tournament, um, maybe the masters is a little bit too soon or they, they kind of operate <laughs> based on their own, their own fiefdom. But, uh, I, I feel like whether it's a golf term, U S open, something like that over the summer, these, these places, uh, are desperate for revenue, <laughs> you know, um, they, they, they need some money. People are going to be desperate to, you know, experience these, these, these great tournaments, these great events. So I, I think it'll be over the summer, whether that's, uh, an NBA finals in July or whether that's, um, you know, I can't think of the, the golf schedule right offhand. Everything got switched up so much, uh, but I could see like a you know U.S. Open, um, something like that, uh, somewhere June, July, August in the summer. I, I just I, I feel like crowds will be back, and whether I don't know if they can do this. I, I really don't know if this is legal, but maybe you have to show proof of a, a of a vaccine. Um, yeah, I don't, know. I, see I, I don't know how that's going to happen. I, um, yeah, and I, I really just I don't know if that's legal. I don't know if you could do that. Um, but if you can, maybe, maybe teams will do that or events will do that. Well, hearing you guys, uh, answer that question just leads me to think that sports might have a pretty awesome responsibility in that regard. Right. Yeah. Because they'll, um, and sports and entertainment, you know, that they'll, uh, they'll, they'll be some of the, um, you know, the most desired large audience events. Uh, and, you know, those churches, restaurants, other gathering places that um, that have been off and on for you know for most of 2020, but we're, now we're talking about tens of thousands of people in one place. So I, I don't know. I'm I, I color me a little more pessimistic than both of you. I'm gonna I'm gonna say the bowl season of 2021, and so we know that doesn't start until uh, till next December. Um, I just I just don't so much unknown out there um the the immunity the herd immunity I, you know how, how are people gonna are we gonna see so many anti-vaxxers that uh that it's not gonna be safe to gather in, in large numbers uh big decisions are gonna as they were in 2020 uh i think big decisions are going to be uh laid at the doorstep of the of the nba the nhl major league baseball um, starting, uh, you know, starting in the spring and the summer when it comes to at least championship events and with baseball with their, their regular season. So um, I'm, I guess I'm a little more pessimistic than you. I hope both of you are correct on this and that I am dead, dead wrong. But Blair, just a, just a quick side point. It, I haven't thought about this before this very minute, but 
Do you foresee a scenario? Could are leagues or or institutions talking about? Well, we can open up if we uh, get people doing proof of vaccination. Um, I mean, could could that happen in some form? Would that would that tilt tilt the balance here a little bit? It seems well, like a lot of logistics to make something like that work, but you, you present your document when you get the ticket, you, when you show up. I don't know. I'm just making it up. Yeah, well, think about it. You know, so many tickets are purchased online anyway. Um, and if you have to show proof of vaccination as you enter a turnstile, what's the percentage of people that need to be vaccinated where, you know, there's there's a you feel safe or there's uh, you know, safety measures are in place for, for that event? Um, listen, I don't think this has been much discussed, to be honest with you. I've, I've looked around and people are just trying to get through their seasons uh, as best they can. And, you know, the, the NBA, the, the, the NBA season already has started, right? Started last week and in empty buildings. And they had certainly had success in their um, in their restart in the bubble in Orlando. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't I, I just. I'm not optimistic. I, I think I think this is going to be a year of getting healthy, getting well, and uh, and then it's full steam ahead the following year. Um, but we will get. I, I do think we're going to get a full season of baseball in and full. You know, I know we're already in abbreviated any NBA and NHL seasons, but uh, but maybe full. Um, you know, full college football seasons, and uh, and so we'll that that'll be the next step in the return to normal sports is is getting our seasons back before before getting the fans back in, in, in a big way. Um, well, and speaking of baseball, let's let's turn our attention to the Royals. And uh, and I'm wondering what you guys think about the Royals' return to uh, playoff contender status. The Royals have made some offseason moves that I really like. And, uh, and, and, and does the, the acquisition of Carlos Santana, Mike Miner, the re-signing of uh, – you know, of Greg Holland, the, um, you know, uh, other moves that the Royals have made. Is that enough to push them into a playoff contender level, especially when you consider that baseball is strongly, I, I think, right, strongly considering keeping the playoff uh, expanded, uh, the, the playoff bracket expanded. So, Sam, what do you think? We're talking about the the, the first year that they can be in the playoffs? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, see, I, I – I believe in what they're doing in, in the broad strokes. Um, I, I think that it doesn't take a lot of imagination to see this thing working. Um, they, they need to hit on their position players at a higher rate than they do their pitchers. Just, you know, it, it's a numbers game there. Uh, but, you know, Brady Singer looks the part from day one. And Chris Bubich has the stuff. And there's a lot of people that have seen all these guys and think that, you know, Coer and, and Lynch and certainly Asa Lacey might be better than than the two we've seen so far. So they, they've got talent. I just, <laughs> I get it that the, the, the bracket, like you said, could be expanded. Um, they're just in the wrong division. <laughs> I, I, I just look around and, you know, the twins are really damn good. And uh, the White Sox, um, I think I mentioned this before, but there's a person that's worked in baseball a hell of a long time, uh, you know, for, for my entire adult life. And, uh, you know, last year when the playoffs were starting, he was saying this is the most talented team I've ever seen. Uh, the most talented team I've ever seen on the White Sox. And, uh, look, man, I don't know what happens with La Russa and, you know, all these other things, but 
um, they're loaded. And then Cleveland just always seems to to have good players coming up. Um, so that that's a and and, and the Tigers. Um, the Tigers are in a similar spot of the Royals. I think they've got. I think it might be fair to say they've got more high end talent, but the Royals have more talent overall. If that makes sense. Um, so I, I look. I'm, I'm rambling a little bit, but um, I just think there's factors outside the Royals' control. Is the point that I'm trying to make. Um, I think realistically, the Royals internally probably project 2022 as as the first like you know potential playoff year. And just based on these other things, I might say I might push it back a year or two, and just say like maybe 23 is when I would expect it to happen. What do you think, Vahe? Closer no. to 500 than 21, and then I, I think so, Blair. And and I, I was trying to hold on to words you used about the general feel of 2021 that it's a year getting better, getting healthy, <laughs> getting. You know, and I, I thought, yeah, that's kind of what it is about the Royals next year. I, I have overestimated the Royals every year for the last seven years, like where they are. <laughs> um, every year, I think I see this. There's the glimmer. That's the nucleus. If this falls right. So I'm a little gun shy now. Um, I do like what they're doing. And I, I think you can see the wave coming. Um, I don't yeah. know if it's ready to splash on the beach yet, but I, I, I think that what we'll <laughs> see this year is they've got a shot. If things fall right, I think they've got a shot, especially with the expanded version, to, to, to make a postseason, right? Just if things fall right. I, I tend to doubt it, and I, but I do think 2022 is a year we ought to expect them to be able to be in that spot um, instead of just sort of hoping for it. doesn't mean it'll happen, but I, I, I just – I feel like they've got enough um, juice in the lineup and enough happening and coming with the pitching that that why shouldn't they have a shot? You know, um, Lynn Worthy pointed this out in one of his stories before Christmas that the Royals went 500 against the Twins and the Indians in this in the 60 game season. So they played them 10 times each, right? Five and five against the Twins and the Indians. They were one and nine against the White Sox. So uh, they, they did. They did compete against other playoff teams in their division, and uh, and but couldn't hang with a, a team that has really improved. Done done a terrific job with their uh, with, with their roster, and and those those there were teams, times where the Royals and White Sox were playing. It looked like they were playing different sports. It, <laughs> it, it just looked like the, there was a huge gap between those teams. That was that was something. Yeah, and um, that, that's the that's the hurdle to overcome, right? And uh, I, I liked what I heard Dayton Moore say about it. You know, that's that's why we do this, right? We're in we're in this thing to to, to chase the White Sox. And um, the sad part is the the Royals and the White White Sox kind of started from the same place. You know, a couple of years ago, yeah. both were pretty bad, and uh, and but the White Sox made a lot of great moves. Uh, tip of the cap to to Chicago, and uh, see if the new manager works out though in the. Uh, in, in the Windy City, uh, uh, we'll, that, that was that, that brought some um, interesting comments. So, um, okay, let's uh, let's do this. Let's take a break here, and when we come back, we will switch to a little bit of college sports and the Chiefs. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners. Unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. We are back with Sam Mellinger and Vahe Gregorian. We're talking about what to expect in sports in 2021 because there is nobody more qualified to predict the future than <laughs> Sam Vahe and exactly. myself. Yeah. Uh, Greskins Hall. That's right. That's right. Let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about, uh, about college sports. And my question to you, let's, let's start off with this. Uh, because it's basketball season and we're at the doorstep, or not the doorstep, or the, the early part of basketball season, um, Missouri off to a fantastic start in Conzo Martin's third year, and Kansas is off to a fantastic start as well. Um, who goes farther in the NCAA tournament this year, the Jayhawks? Or the Tigers, as we speak, Kansas I think is third in the in the AP poll, and Missouri is twelfth, which is uh, fantastic to see for for college sports fans in in Kansas City and, and of those two schools. So Vahe, um, I know that uh, you are going to go see the Tigers play tonight. I say tonight because this is out on Wednesday, recording on Tuesday. But you're gonna you're gonna not go see, but you're gonna you're gonna write off of the the Missouri Tennessee game. And, um, and I, I think a lot of uh, – it's another big statement opportunity for, for Mizzou. It is. And you know what? They've made, um, made the most of each of these situations, even really kind of a, a crummy outing against Bradley. Um, they could take a lot from that with the way they came back to win. Um, and, and, of course, they've had some uh, good resume wins against, against Oregon uh, in, in, in Omaha and – um, and and the Illinois game was, you know, really a standout standout win. And I I like what the team what the team is all about. I like how they play together. I like the uh, the versatility, the veteran aspects. There, pardon me if you can hear the scratching in the background. By the way, that's a, a dog needing to uh, create its nest on the couch next to me. Um, of well, I think you should let that dog in. Okay, I just just wanted to. Uh, it's just scratching the couch, um, which you probably didn't hear until I said it anyway. But um, oh no, we heard it. The, okay. <laughs> but but to, to the fundamental question, I think we'll see for ourselves uh, in the Sweet Sixteen meeting between the teams in the Indianapolis bubble. <laughs> I like that. Let it. Let's settle it once and for all. Um, listen, they were supposed to play uh, this year, right? On yeah. uh, the, was it the third week in this third week, third Saturday in December? Yeah, the week, the game, the day that Missouri ended up playing Illinois, actually, uh, with the shuffle yeah. schedule. Right, that was the the first of the six year series, which is ne- which now get and it was going to be at the at the T Mobile Center. That that game gets pushed back to the end of the contract, and so 
uh, the the rivalry renews starting next season, I think at Lawrence. Then goes Lawrence, Columbia, Lawrence, Columbia, and then two in, in Kansas City, if I'm not mistaken. But um, okay, so you're saying a winner of uh, the Sweet 16 game in Indianapolis in the Midwest region will be that would be the, that would be a two three game or a one four game um, if if the seeds uh, uh, you know that by seeding that's that's what it'd be. I don't think we would see a you know one of those teams as an eight or nine against a one. So um, all right, Sam, who goes farther, Tigers or Jayhawks? First of all, that that would be just a, a gift of content if we got that game uh, in in so many different ways. Uh, I, I love Missouri. Uh, watching them for all the reasons that I just said, they seem to um, have a they seem to enjoy playing with each other, and it's one of those teams that you know they um, they make each other better individually. It seems that's what it seems like to me. Just you know, we're we're still obviously early. Uh, I'm going to say Kansas. Uh, goes further and this is kind of just like a a chalk kind of thing you know you know what I mean? like it, until i see missouri go deep in the tournament um you know we've seen it from kansas i know they're not as, as as talented as you know some of these past teams but they still got a lot of good players and uh you know i'm just gonna to bet on track record here and say kansas okay uh a couple things uh i think missouri and i Sweetie and i were talking about this earlier in the week Sweetie tarot who covers the tigers Missouri was built for a COVID season. They're, they're experienced. Uh, they're, they're, they got some injured players last year who are healthy this year, and um, they, you know they didn't have to worry about not having the, you know the the, the non conference schedule or build their confidence. That's sort of the what what you know the, the thing that's getting Kentucky right now, right? That uh, uh, Missouri came in as as an experienced, healthy team, and I think they uh, they, they were prepared for this season with Kansas. Man, Jalen Wilson has been a revelation, and and uh, and the way that uh, Ochai Abaji's been playing and shooting, uh, you know, what about Bill Self being able to adjust his, uh, you know, his, his style, his, you know, losing the yeah. best shot blocker and and uh, you know player around the basket in the country in Yudoka Azubuki last year, and a true point guard in Devon Dotson playing without the true big guy and without the true point guard, and and he still makes it work. You know, we talk about his. We talk about Missouri's big victories. You know, Kansas beating Creighton, Kentucky, um, and, and uh, West Virginia and Texas Tech already this year. Just uh, and just a marvel at, uh, at at the job that Bill Self is doing. I don't know if they'll end up being uh, better than Baylor or even Texas, two teams that haven't played yet. But it's you know, I, I just think it's it's just so typical of Bill Self to figure out a way with with this roster. You know, it's funny too. I mean. Look, I, I, I get that, that they get pretty good players there, but I do think it's easily overlooked how many times he's just kind of got to, you know, really work with a, 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 a whole different set of circumstances. Um, I, 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 I just think tip of the cap, as you, as you noted, to, to how, he's, how he's done these things. And I'll go with Kansas a little farther. Go ahead, Sam. Well, um, Jesse Newell wrote a really – good piece about this uh, a few weeks back. Um, Bill has a way of taking bad breaks and turning them into growth, into good. You know, like he has a way of like, you know, sometimes he'll get forced into, and maybe he's, this is a, a sign that he should make these decisions before he's forced to, right? Um, <laughs> you know, you can criticize there, but you know, he has a way of like, if he's got to go with four guards, then he just, oh, wow, this looks pretty good. <laughs> I'm going to go with four guards. You know, um, 
he's got a way of, of, you know, sort of circumstances force the team to shoot more three pointers. This is one of the examples that Newell brought up. I think Azubuke, they weren't sure if he would play a game in, in Austin, uh, maybe his sophomore, junior year, something like that. And, um, and Bill said, you know, we got to shoot 35 three pointers or something to, to, you know, to win this game. They ended up shooting 37 or something like that. Um, and then they started shooting more three pointers. They became more efficient. There's just, he, he's very, and I think this is an evolution. I think in the, in the first, I don't know, two, four, five years that, that he was at Kansas, a, a fair criticism could have been that he was stubborn. And, and it was, if he had a square peg, he was going to try to use it no matter what shape the hole was in. And, and I think that he's evolved um, in a really brilliant way um, to where, you know, he can play these different styles and, you know, is, is out of timeouts and, and, and late game play calls, uh, especially out of bounds plays. Uh, it's just, he really is the, like you said, Vahe, he, he gets good players. Um, you know, Kansas does not, it's kind of funny when, um, you know, when, when they're, <laughs> they don't, they don't get to do it very often. So if there's ever a chance that they're not the heavy favorite, like uh, it seems like, Oh, plucky Jayhawks, you know, like, <laughs> right. you know, only six McDonald's All-Americans and five future millionaires on, on their roster. But um, he, he really does make it work with a lot of different a lot of different styles. It's cool to watch if you're a basketball nerd. Totally agree. Okay. In, um, when we talk about Kansas, Kansas State, and Missouri football programs, they're all uh, led by coaches who are in there who just completed their first or second years in, in that program, right? Um, uh, Chris Kleiman at, at K-State. Eli Drinkwitz at Mizzou just finished his first year, and then Les Miles at Kansas. And certainly Kleiman and Drinkwitz have had really nice starts to their to their tenures at uh, uh, at their schools. Les Miles, a winless season in, um, in year number two at KU. So my question to you is, will Kansas reach a bowl game before Kansas State or Missouri finish first or second in their league or division in their conference. And the reason I posed it that way is because the Wildcats and Tigers have finished first in their division or league since Kansas has appeared in a bowl game. Um, the 2008 season was the last time KU was in a bowl game and the last time they had a winning record. And Kansas State shared the Big 12 in 2012. And, of course, Missouri was in the SEC title game as the East Division winners in 13 and 14 their second and third years in the, in the SEC. So what do you think, uh, Vahe? Uh, what happens first? KU in a bowl game, Missouri wins the East, or K-State finishes first in the Big 12? Well, it is a multifaceted question posed well, like a, one of those ninja stars coming at you. Like, like There's a lot here. Um, you know, <laughs> let's remember that Missouri hasn't won a, an actual conference title outright all the way since, what, 1969? 69. Um, yep. but, but that's not the question. It's just a uh, part of the thing. Look, I'd say this about what we've seen from these coaches. Uh, obviously, Les Miles has the, 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 the resume, but I, I don't feel like I see much traction here right now with Kansas. I, I don't I don't know that they're coming out of this quicksand with Les Miles. Um, and certainly we've seen a lot of upside to what uh, – what Chris Kleiman's done at K-State, some surprising inconsistency, at least from, from the outside looking in. To me, I thought they're beyond a few things, but I really like where they're going. And I think nothing but promising with, with Drinkwitz right now, who I think did a little more 
than maybe we might have expected this year. But I think also, uh, you know, we've seen that they are in at, at best middle of the pack right now. They're not near the top. Um, so we've got to see them through all these recruiting cycles a good few years till you really understand. But if I'm just, you know, hedging, making a guess here, I'd say I'd say we we'd see K-State and Missouri both um, achieve those milestones before before Kansas is in a bowl again. Yikes. Look, I, I, I don't mean to like kick dirt on a program that's already got enough of it, but that's what's the great stat? Uh, yeah. Isn't the stat Missouri has more Big 12 wins since 2010? Than Kansas has. <laughs> I think that's, I think that's an actual stat. Um, I actually think that um, I think Les Miles is is a little bit overwhelmed um, with this job, uh, but I, I think I actually think that they're doing the right things there. Like you know, just I, I think some of the roster construction and the shortcuts that um, you know his predecessors took with JUCO kids just left the roster numbers just upside down. And and I think that Les Miles has been pretty disciplined at you know going after high school kids and getting them in the program and, and trying to build it you know, what I would consider the right way or, or you know, the more lasting way um, to, to build it, you know, not a house of cards, but, you know, to actually have a foundation there. Um, and so I, I, I think it's, it's, um, it's possible, you know, you can imagine that working to some standard, you know, a lower standard than, than bigger programs. But um, I don't think it's out of the question that, that Kansas, I don't know if it'll be less miles doing it, but I think that the foundation they're building is more solid than what, David Beatty and Charlie Weiss were doing. I guess that's the point I'm trying to make right now. Um, all that said, um, I, you know, if, if you're making a bet and you're betting on Kansas making a bowl game, I, I get that the the standards for making those things have been lowered and there's all kinds of bowl games, but I just, I, I think that's a, that's a bridge too far for me. Uh, and I think that uh, what Dream Points has done uh, Vahe just mentioned, like, he just kind of exceeded some expectations. There's a little bit of a honeymoon thing going on there, and and they're going to run into some tough times, just like everybody does, and, and we'll see how, we'll see how that goes. But he's immediately elevated that program. There's an energy, um, there's a belief. They, they they just play differently. They just look different on the field. They they seem to believe in themselves. They seem to believe in in, in the broader cause. Uh, and I think if you watch them throughout the season, what you thought was that he has elevated them to, you know, a, a spot where they can compete and often beat, you know, kind of middle of the road, good, not great SEC programs, and that there remains a really big gap between them and the elite of the, of the SEC. I think that's, you know, sort of generally what you'd say, and it sure as hell seems like, you know, he always says like it's it's uh, flipness season, right? And, and it, it sure yeah. seems like he's winning a lot of recruiting battles getting guys to, to get off of Michigan to go to Missouri. I mean, it just, I don't know, man, the, the signs are there that, um, that this thing is, is absolutely moving in the right direction. They've got probably more challenges than it might look on the surface right now, but uh, that, that's where I would, that's where I would bet my money if, if this was a, a thing that we could go to Vegas with. Cause I just, I believe in that guy. And, and I guess like maybe more notably, I believe that the people around him believe in that guy. And, and there just seems to be a lot of positive energy um, right now with, uh, around Mizzou. I think it's a good way of putting it. I, I think um, when you think about the programs that, that need to be scaled for 
these these things to happen, Missouri's got to get past Georgia and Florida. Tall task, absolutely. Kansas State would have sure. to get past Oklahoma, Texas, Oklahoma State. You know, the, the, all all uh, you know teams that have you know, proven to be really some. Maybe Iowa State now with what Matt, Matt Campbell's done at, at uh, you know at that program in Kansas. Got to find a way to get over Texas Tech. Uh, you know who who else is you know coming back to the pack in the Big Twelve? Uh, I don't know. Not TCU. Not um, West Virginia. No, I, I don't know. I don't know. So I'm uh, I'm with the group that says I think we'll see a first place finish from the Wildcats or Tigers before the next bowl game at at KU. Yeah. All right, two two quick ones to to, to round it out. Uh, here's you know. We, 2020 was the last competitive season in Kansas City for Alex Gordon and Matt Beasler. And I'm wondering, I, I think their careers, they both won championships and were prominent figures in the championships won by their teams in the last decade. And I'm wondering what is the, the most appropriate way of honoring uh, those two athletes uh, and, and sh- or should they be honored beyond the, the, the normal, just uh, you know, in the in the team's hall of fame, uh, which will eventually happen, or honor roll, however team decides to do it. Is there something? What's the most appropriate way to honor Matt Beasler um, and Alex Gordon? Sam, what do you think? I think Dayton has either said or heavily insinuated that there will be some sort of Alex Gordon Day um, at, at Kauffman Stadium in, in twenty twenty one. Um, I, I don't. I wonder about you know the Gordo Nation deal if if they can keep that running. Um, my thought just goes to statues, and, and and I think that I think that the Royals. I think the coolest way of them to you know sort of remember you know two thousand really just two thousand fourteen and fifteen um, is instead of just like men, you know, a statue of George Brett you know, outside the gate or whatever. I think it's moments. I think that they can, that they can, uh, you know, sort of freeze moments with statues. And to me, one of the biggest moments, it'll, it would be an outscoring statue, but it's him rounding the bases, uh, you know, bubble coming out of his mouth uh, and, and pointing to the sky after the, the, the homer off of Familia. Um, I think that would be absolutely appropriate. I'm, I'm not a person that believes in statues of living people. I just, I think that, uh, <laughs> we, we've seen that go the wrong way um, too many times. Um, yep. But to me, that's that's more of a and as hard as it is to believe of you know Alex Gordon might be the least controversial sports figure in, in recent Kansas City history. Um, although Patrick Mahomes might be chasing him, but um, anyway, uh, I, I think that that would be to me that's a that would be a statue of a moment, um, you know, more than a man. And, and Matt Beasler, um, <laughs> there seems to be. I don't think everything's not like completely rosy between Matt Beasler and sporting Kansas city, the way that it is between Alex Gordon and the Royals. And I don't think it's anything that can't, uh, you know, be worked through eventually. Uh, but you know, I don't know that there'll be a, a Matt Beasler day, uh, it's, you know, at children's mercy park in 2021, um, maybe sometime down the road. And I, if I was sporting, I, I think Matt Beasler is, is a smart guy. And I think that he genuinely cares about Kansas City and and soccer. And I, I would almost offer him whatever job he wants. Like, do you want to run the youth program? You know, do you want to do you want to have a bigger vision um, and, and spread the game you love in the community you love? You know, here's here's the keys to the car. 
Uh, I don't know if he wants to, to be a scout. I don't know if he wants to be a coach someday. Um, I know he wants to play in, in, you know, in the short term and, and good for him. But eventually, um, I think it would be appropriate for him to have you know, a real lasting you know, part of that franchise. We think about it. Blair, I, I wouldn't add too much. That's so well thought out on, on all those fronts. I, 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 I think Sam makes a great point about guys of sort of uh, statue stature, but, you know, it, it, we have seen some uh, statue questions overall and, and uh, with, with how those things can play out while, while people are still alive. I, again, I'm not insinuating anything with these guys, but it's an interesting point. Um, you know, it just occurred to me as we were thinking about this, obviously Alex Gordon did not grow up here, but he grew up here in baseball. And obviously Matt Beasler did grow up here. And I think that's the interesting common aspect of the two, that they are you know, basically a hometown feel to, to uh, either the resurgence of a franchise or really the, the, the rise of a franchise in, in either of those cases. And that that is – it's kind of a fascinating one-two punch coming off the field in the same year. I do think that um, Dayton specifically did say there'll be an Alex Gordon day. It, for the reason Sam mentioned, I don't know if we're going to see something quite like that with sporting, but but I'll be stunned if sporting doesn't do something um, special to, to acknowledge him. And maybe that is, you know, having him in the fold, um, you know, that all made me think, by the way, about this. I have no idea what Alex Gordon's future plans are right now. It's not like, you know, he's he's our age, Blair. I mean, he's got a long life in front of him. <laughs> he's more it like is Sammy. a weird thing, like these athletes, when, when they retire, and you can see him on the field. Like, Alex Gordon was an old man. on the, You know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, you could see that. But then, God, he's, <laughs> what, 34 or 35? <laughs> he, he's retired, and he's made... Many, many million. I mean, I, I think this is accurate that uh, Patrick Mahomes is the only Kansas City athlete who's made more money than, than wow. Alex Ward in Kansas City. That seems right. And that, that seems right. Yeah. And so, I mean, I think the answer is like whatever the hell he wants to do is, yeah. is what he's going to do. And it, it, yeah. it sounds like he wants to uh, he wants to golf, which is an odd fit. You know, seems seems to me. Uh, I don't picture Alex Gordon as a golfer, but um, you know, I think he wants to golf and be a dad. Um, and, and I could, you know, I could absolutely see him like he's got three boys, if I'm not mistaken, um, you know, coaching those teams the way that, you know, George Brett coached a lot of his kids teams, um, you know, when, when they were growing up here in Kansas City. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think the answer is whatever the hell he wants to do. But I, I don't see Alex like being a manager or a hitting coach or anything like that. Uh, but I, I do think that he'll want to be involved in baseball in some way. Yeah, I, I think the. Um... I've always had the idea, and I, Sam, I know you've had it as well. The, the, uh, the, the collection of great moments from fourteen and fifteen statue, um, mm-hmm. you know, Salvi reaching out for the, you know, for, yes. for the pitch that, uh, you know, that went down the third base line in the wild card game. The, uh, you know, Udonis Ventura, a, uh, a Lorenzo Kane with a diving catch, Alex Gordon with his arm extended after hitting the the, the home run off the of Familia you know, s- somehow represent uh, Glass, Moore, Yost, and, you know, just a, you know, not a singular statue, but a collection of all those moments, I, I think would uh-huh. be an appropriate way to honor Alex Gordon and, and the teams of 14 and 15. And, um, and I agree that the front office position at some point uh, will be an appropriate place for, 
for for Matt Beasler. I think he he absolutely is a um, you know one of the great Kansas City athlete success stories. And it would be a shame if um, if, if if his talents uh, as a as a leader in the sport were uh, went, went somewhere else and and not in this com- the community where he grew up. And I I hope he. You know, let him get his competitive, uh, you know, juices out. Uh, you know, next year or two, whether he, you know, wherever he ends up. But, but I, I really hope he comes back to Kansas City and um, and influences soccer uh, in his post soccer career as he did in his uh, soccer career. Um, yeah. Okay, final question. I've kept you guys way too long. I really appreciate your time, and it's a simple one. Do the Chiefs win the Super Bowl in twenty twenty one? Sam, we'll start with you. Uh, Just a simple yes or no? Yeah, I would take the field. Um, So I guess that means that I'm a no, even though I I do believe that they're the best team. Um, Although I do think that the the gap between them and the Packers, for instance, is is not huge at all. I I would take the field. Um, Most of that is just the randomness of football. Um, You know, I mean, there's just a lot of things that can happen. Uh, But some of that is, you know, some of these issues with the offensive line, um, you know, some of these other, these other flaws that we've seen, but I, I do think they're the best team. Uh, but if you're offering me the field, I'm going to take the field. You know, Blair, uh, at, at the risk of, um, being like the old Saturday night live character, just automatically saying the bears on a, on this, <laughs> I, I, I do feel like I, I, I think they're going to win. And, and, and obviously that requires being the best team and getting the breaks. And, and we don't, we don't know what that looks like yet. I've convinced myself that winning these games, the way they have the last seven games uh, is sort of some kind of coding on them like that, that it, it makes them stronger, but that argument could break down. Um, you know, they keep playing with fire and they keep finding a way to come through. Eh? What, what is that going to mean in the end? We'll, we'll see. Um, one thing, though, a side point I want to make is that Sam Mellinger and I were kicking this around the other day, and there's a picture of us, the group of us in the press box at the Super Bowl um, that I believe is the last time we were all in a press box together. I, I know we were over at the Big 12 tournament uh, and that Blair and I have created our own little press box at uh, at the Star during, on game days. But, but uh, for many reasons, including how good it would be for the city, but also uh, just uh, the chance to share that space with you guys again. Uh, I, I hope it comes to be. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Cosine Vahe, that's for sure. Uh, 538.com gives the Chiefs uh, a 33% chance to be the Super Bowl champ, uh, but that is uh, by 10 percentage points, at least 10 percentage points, the highest um, uh, total for, for a Super Bowl team. But, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'd feel differently if I'd seen him win a little more convincingly these last few weeks. Uh, to take nothing away from the quality of victory that uh, that the Miami and New Orleans games are for the Chiefs, I just I don't know. There's just something about um, uh, who knows. They surprise us all and and play just lights out great in the playoffs. Not fall behind by double digits in playoff games this year and right. take those games by the throat and do the opposite. But I would I'd have to say no right now. So um, all right, guys, terrific conversation. And I got to say that um, it is as tough a year as 2020 has been. Um, one of the joys for me continues to be working with both Sam and Vahe. 
two of the all-time pros and, uh, and look forward to having more conversations with you guys in 2021. Absolutely. Sounds good, man. Yeah, right back at you, Blair. It's, uh, it's gotten us through the year in a lot of ways. Thanks so much <laughs> for having us. Take care, guys. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our production staff and everyone who helps make this happen. Derek Donovan, Beth Welsh, Monty Davis, Todd Feedback, Randy Mason, Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith. A tip of the cap to Sam Mellinger and Vahe Gregorian for stopping by and talking sports with me. Links to their stories can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Hey, we got another good deal for you, especially for those who want to deep dive into the Stars' terrific Chiefs coverage. For a limited time, you can subscribe to Sports Pass for 99 cents a month. That's right, 99 pennies a month. After three months, it auto-renews at $5.99 a month unless you cancel. And I said Chiefs coverage, but it's all coverage, right? Royals, Chiefs, Sporting, KUM, UK State, you get it all. But how do you do it? You go to kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. That's kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. Do you want more than just sports coverage? I know I do. Check out the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports news features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional news, sports, and business coverage with the e-edition. The details for all of these deals can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. If you're having trouble hunting down any of these offers, send me an email at bkirkoff at kcstar.com, and I'll get you to the right place. So whether it's the Sports Pass or the full subscription you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports Beat KC. Hey, this wasn't our last show of the year. We'll talk Chiefs tomorrow uh, on Thursday, and then we'll call it a week. But it does give me an opportunity to thank even more folks, and it's those that I work with. These folks find time to join me on the podcast, and it would not work without their spirit of cooperation. So thank you, Sam McDowell, Herbie Teope, Lynn Worthy, Jesse Newell, Gary Bedore, Kellis Robinette, Suichi Tarada, Pete Gradhoff, and Sean Goodwin. I'll be talking to all you again soon.